Today is May 22nd, 2019, and this is Wednesday's edition of On the Hop. Good morning, good morning, baseball enthusiasts. Welcome to On the Hop, a daily baseball podcast focused on delivering up-to-date news from around the league. Kind of a slow day yesterday, so I won't keep you too long, which can be interpreted as I'm still probably going to hit 11 minutes. Let's go. Writer for the Washington Post, Dave Shinen, penned an article yesterday entitled Velocity is Strangling Baseball and Its Grip Keeps Tightening. So I want to read portions of the article and then encourage you to read the rest. Here are the first three paragraphs just to whet your appetite. A flame-throwing relief pitcher enters a game. Mid-inning, runners on base, tie score. Sending the telecast to another commercial break, dialing back the tension in the stadium and pushing the game into its fourth hour. As he faces his first batter, two more relievers are warming up in the bullpen. He takes huge breaths and lengthy pauses between pitches as he gears up for each neck-straining 100-mile-per-hour heater or sharp-breaking slider. The hitter, fully aware he has little chance of making contact, likewise gears up to swing for the fences just in case he does. The defense, anticipating the full-throttle hack, shifts acutely to the hitter's pull side. Within this scenario are the ingredients that many believe are strangling the game of baseball. Long games with little action, the growing reliance on relief pitchers at the expense of starters, the all-or-nothing distillation of the essential pitcher-hitter matchup. Those are some of the problems Major League Baseball is contemplating with newly installed and proposed rule changes, but they are merely the symptoms. Shannon's main premise is this, that the capacity and focus of pitchers' velocity is what's ultimately strangling the sport. Here's one last quote from this article. Baseball's timeless appeal is predicated upon an equilibrium between pitching and hitting, and in the past, when that equilibrium has been thrown off, the game has always managed, either organically or through small tweaks, to return to an acceptable balance. But there is growing evidence that essential equilibrium has been distorted by the increasing number of pitchers able to throw the ball harder and faster. Rising pitch velocity has altered the sport and not necessarily in a good way. Again, I encourage you to take a look at the article. I've posted it in the show notes. He goes into a lot further detail. As I said earlier, go ahead and uh, take a look at this. I have linked it in the show notes. It's a very in-depth analysis on the topic. Uh, It's good for any baseball fan to read. Quoting Jeff Passan from ESPN, For years, opponents of Major League Baseball's draft who believed it stifled the true value of players have hypothesized about ways to avoid its constraints. 19-year-old Carter Stewart is ready to test the viability of an alternative and travel more than 7,500 miles from his Florida home to do it. So, Carter Stewart is in agreement on a six-year contract worth more than $7 million with the Fukuoka Softball Hawks of Japan's Pacific League. Now, what does this potentially mean? Well, not only will Stewart have an opportunity to make much more money during his six years in Japan, but he also has the option to return stateside and sign as a free agent to any MLB team at only 25 years old. He also avoids the long trek through the minor system, getting paid only peanuts. Now, because Jeppesan is vastly more knowledgeable about this stuff than I am, here's his quick summation comparing the two journeys. In a near-optimal scenario, Stewart would receive around $4 million for the next six years and would not reach free agency until after the 2027 season, when he'll be 28. His deal with the Hawks would guarantee Stewart $3 million more and potentially allow him to hit free agency three years earlier. Of course, this is a long ways off, and any number of things could happen between now and then, but his approach could turn the tide in regard to how the miners operate regarding service time and extremely low pay. It's also a very good option for those players who are drafted after the first or second round. So we're, we're testing the waters here. I like this move. I mean, I'm not connected to it whatsoever. It doesn't affect me. But for Carter Stewart, 
I think it does. I think it's a it's a good risk. It's a calculated risk. And as long as he stays healthy, even if he has a little bit of a stint of an injury, they could bounce back from that very easily. So I think this is potentially encouraging. Writing for CBS Sports, Matt Snyder gives his four reasons as to why Dodgers' Cody Bellinger could be MLB's first 400 hitter since Ted Williams. Those reasons are as follows. Number one, strikeout rate. He only has a 14.4% strikeout rate this year. Number two, he hits hard, resulting in more base hits. Number three, he's really fast. He can more easily beat out throws, especially to first base. And number four, confidence. The it factor that every player needs to be successful. Now give the article a read. Again, I've included it in the show notes. See if you're picking up what Snyder is putting down. And your list updates. According to NBC Sports, Patrick Saunders of the Denver Post reports that Rockies pitcher Tyler Anderson will undergo surgery on his left knee. It won't be known until after the procedure if Anderson will be able to return at some point this season. Due to his early season struggles, the Rockies demoted him to AAA Albuquerque earlier this month, but he hasn't pitched for them either, and it's because of this knee issue. So this is not what last year's wildcard team had in mind when starting their 2019 campaign. And just as I made a bold prediction about Christian Yelich hitting 25 home runs before the end of May, he gets pulled from last night's lineup against the Reds due to back spasms. According to ESPN, Brewers manager Craig Council said Yelich's back locked up on him but not as a result of any baseball-related activity. Yelich missed five games and parts of two games earlier uh, when he injured his back on an attempted steal against the Mets on April 28th. Hopefully, this is not an ongoing thing since he is off to an incredible start. Yard Barker reports that Astros announced yesterday that right-hander Colin McHugh is headed to the 10-day injured list due to discomfort in his right elbow. McHugh told reporters after the move that an MRI has already been performed and did not reveal any structural damage. That's good. He'll spend two or three days resting the arm before playing catch, and he believes his stay on the IL will be brief. Of course, I think all injured players believe that their stay on the injured list will be brief, but maybe this one's true. According to the Seattle Times, the Mariners placed second baseman D. Gordon on the injured list with a right wrist contusion. His injury dates to when Gordon was hit by a J.A. hat pitch in New York on May the 9th. Gordon avoided the injured list at the time with a few days off, but it's clear the wrist has been bothering him since. He's only gone three for 24 since returning from that injury. Mariners manager had this to say, I know he was in a little bit of a funk. Obviously, he was really swinging the bat well before he got hit. I talked to D today, and it's probably the best thing to let it calm down and found out exactly if there is something else going on in there. MLB Trade Rumors reports that the Athletics will place designated hitter Chris Davis on the 10-8 injured list after last night's game. Davis exited last night's contest after just one plate appearance due to what the team announced as ongoing discomfort stemming from a hip contusion. He previously missed a few games in May due to the same issue. Oakland has yet to determine a corresponding roster move. And you know what stinks? These types of injuries. The ones that have the potential to just just linger. Christian Yelich with his back, D. Gordon trying to play through a wrist injury, and now this incident for Chris, which was a result of a previous baseball play. As a fan of the sport, I want to see the best players play, obviously. As a manager or teammate, you'd almost rather your best players sit out a bit to get them fully healthy rather than going on and off the injury list with a nagging injury. Of course, it's not that simple, but it does make you think. Quick takes. According to MLB's official website, Verlander flirted with his third career no-hit for six and third innings in the Astros' 5-1 win over the White Sox last night. Here is the final box score. Those six and one-third innings included 11 of his season-high 12 strikeouts, seven of them on the swings and misses generated by a wicked slider. And then it ended suddenly with the White Sox first baseman Jose Abreu slamming a Verlander fastball over the center field wall in the top of the seventh. Yet, Verlander, despite his awesome performance, was still only focused on that one hit that he gave up. Here are his words. You saw it tonight. 
one pitch in the wrong spot, and everything goes away. Pretty early on, I knew I had good stuff. The slider was the pitch tonight. When you're attacking the zone, guys got to swing. That's the game. I want to stay on the offense, not the defense. According to ArizonaSports.com, Diamondbacks ace Zach Grinke reached a career milestone against the San Diego Padres on Tuesday night, his 25th hundred career strikeout. The feat came in the bottom of the fourth inning after the right-hander fan Padres outfielder Fran Mill Reyes. Granke becomes just the 37th pitcher to join the exclusive 2,500 career strikeout club. If he stays healthy, there is a strong chance he can hit the 3,000 strikeout mark. And I honestly think he will do that. He's 35 years old. I think he still has four or five good years in him. So it's not beyond reach. Here's a pointless tidbit for you. When the Yankees and Red Sox face off in London on June the 29th and 30th, it'll mark the first time these rivalry games will be played on artificial turf. According to NBC Sports, the reason behind this move is simple logistics. Major League Baseball has access to Olympic Stadium for 21 days before the games on June 29th and 30th, the sport's first regular season contest in Europe, and just five days after that to clear out. The league concluded that there was not enough time to install real grass. Starting June 6th, gravel will be placed over the covering that's protecting West Ham's grass soccer pitch and the running track that is a legacy from the 2012 Olympics. The artificial baseball turf, similar to modern surfaces used by other big league clubs, will be installed on top of that. So, there you have it. According to Bleach Report, the Orioles pitching staff has set a new record. Of course, it's not the good kind of record, but seriously, what were you expecting? The Baltimore Orioles have allowed their 100th home run of the season in their 48th game. The previous MLB record for quickest to allow 100 home runs in the season was 57 games by the 2000 Kansas City Royals. The Orioles' current starting rotation, rounded out by Andrew Kashner, Dan Straley, and John Means, whoever the heck those guys are, I mean, I know who Kashner is, but the other two, is responsible for 53 of the 100 homers conceded. Listen to what manager Brandon Hyde has to say. I haven't seen this many homers in a short amount of time, but yeah. I think we just continue to stay behind our guys. We continue to improve and try to get better, continue to pitch to a plan and work on our location, work on being unpredictable, blah, blah, blah. This is such a boring quote. Brandon Hyde is such a boring manager for a boring team. I'm bored. The Mahoning Valley Scrappers, an affiliate of the Cleveland Indians, will be changing its name for one game on July 13th. They will become the Peppers and Oil. They will have special hats and jerseys that will be auctioned off according to WKBN.com. The auction will benefit the United Way of Trumbull County. The name is presented by the Italian Food Trail, and the logos and jerseys were designed by San Diego-based company Brandeis. And these uniforms are ridiculously ugly, and I absolutely love it. Well, I told you it'd probably still be a long episode. I have a tendency to ramble. Just ask my parents. That'll wrap things up for me. Thanks so much for tuning in to Wednesday's edition of On the Hop News. And my brother texted me an interesting stat line yesterday, so I told him I would include it. He is now a celebrity. The Orioles currently sit at 15 wins. Yankees pitcher Domingo Herman sits at nine. So do with that what you will. I love you, bro. Chat with you tomorrow.